Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Hallelujah. Please keep standing just for a second. You are too young to be tired to sit down already. Too young, too young. Tell your neighbor too young, too young. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that there is only one name under heaven, given to men under heaven by which men shall be saved. And that name is Jesus. So, I just want all of us to shout, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Are you ready? Can you do that? And you lift your hands and you shout. We are going to shout it five times. Can we do that? Pastor Priscilla, are you going to get us? Are we going to do that? All right, let's go. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father, thanks a million for that name, Jesus. The name that is above all names. The name that is above every name in heaven, on earth, and under, under the earth. For your word declares that at the mention of that name, Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord over all things. Today, Jesus be Lord in this place. Be magnified in this place. Be exalted in this place. Be lifted in this place. Your word declares that when you are exalted, you will draw all men unto you. Today be thou exalted and draw all men unto you. Let the grace of God that brings salvation appear unto every one of us today. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our understanding. And let us behold wondrous things from your word. To you be glory. To you be praise. In Jesus name. And everybody said amen. Wow. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I also love it. Wow. Say amen. Well, it's good to see you and to bring you God's word. I believe that God has something special for all of us. And I know for a fact that you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. If you don't have a seat, give me a wave. I can make a plan for you. If you don't have a seat or you're not happy with where you are sitting, I can make a plan for you. Okay, everybody is happy. Those who are standing are standing by choice. Pastor Lungani, we are happy. Okay. Nkululex, are you standing by choice, by default, or as a punishment? 
for sending some of the people to hell. You sent my church members to hell. Okay. Great. Powerful. Well, today is, is our Salvation Sunday. And I'm excited to be the one sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. I believe that it will be a blessing to you. I'm not preaching for a long time because Jesus has already died for us. And I want you to pay attention. The most important thing is for you to stay focused and pay attention during the time of the preaching. Amen. Good. And I believe that um, you will be blessed. Amen. Good, 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 good. I just, I'm just waiting for everybody to settle. Then once you are settled, we can roll. All right. Great. Now, no more movement. Don't move anywhere unless your work requires you to move and then we just flow. Okay. Like I said, I'm just preaching for about 27 to 27 minutes to about four hours. And I believe we'll all be blessed. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter number 15, reading from verse number 11. Luke 15, I'm reading from the title of my message today is The Prodigal Son. The Prodigal Son. The Prodigal Son. The Bible says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger said, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance on riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into the field to feed swine. And he will fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, for no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish here in hunger, or with hunger. I will arise and go to my father's house and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said unto him, the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. And shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted cow and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to marry. Hallelujah. 
Now, this is a famous story, I believe, that we have all heard. It was, it was told by Jesus himself. It talks about a certain man who had two sons, and one of them decided to leave home and take everything that the father gave him to a far country. The Bible says in that far country, he wasted his life on riotous living. And eventually, which happens all the time, when everything got finished, he went to join himself with a citizen of that country, which means he went into another country, and who sent him to go and hustle. And he hustled for a long time, and when his hustle failed, he realized that life was better in his father's house than where he was, and he decided to come back. This character who we call the prodigal son is one of the most profound characters in the Bible. Many, many people are not able to follow the prodigal son's example. The prodigal son, for me, is famous in the Bible because he made a mistake and he could recover from the mistake. Many people don't recover when they make a mistake. They don't acknowledge, some, don't, some are not able to acknowledge that they made a mistake. Some will acknowledge at one place that they made a mistake, but they won't acknowledge to their friends that they made a mistake. All that affects your effort to recover. So you will see they, they struggle, but they can't recover. Yes, sweep it under the carpet, but they still can't recover. But this prodigal son, he told himself the truth, that look, I've made a great mistake. He went back home to apologize to everyone he needed to apologize to, and he was restored in his father's house. Today, may you be restored. In your father's house. Hallelujah. Good. Now, there are a few lessons we can learn from this beautiful story we have read. And I believe that in the short time that we have, I can take you through them. The first thing to learn from this story is the world contains two types of children. Obedient children and rebellious children. Rebellious means stubborn children. Or children who go away from their parents. It's as simple as that. Don't be afraid of the word. It's a simple word. Okay? There are two types of children in this world. The Bible says, a certain man had two sons. In the story that we read, this man had two children. They represent two groups of people that exist in the world. Hallelujah. Somebody's missing in the church. Okay. We'll find you. Maybe it's the one that went away. <laughs> We will come back before the end of the service. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, this man had two children. One was with him. The other one said, give me everything that belongs to me and let me make my trip to a far country. In the church, there are two types of people. Wherever you find, there are two groups of people. Those who are following God and those who out of stubbornness, rebellion, have pulled away from God. So the Bible says, a certain man had two sons. One stayed at home. One took his journey to a far country. Which of them are you? Which group do you belong to? It's a good question to ask yourself. Now, let's go on. There are ten things, so we have to go on with speed. Okay? Now, there are good people and there are bad people. Not everybody is all good and not everybody is bad. Not everybody is going to heaven, and not everybody is going to hell. You may be going to heaven, but it doesn't mean everybody is going to heaven. You may be going to hell, 
it also doesn't mean everybody is going to hell. One day, a group of boys went to a party. And as they were coming back from the party, as they were driving, one of the guys in the car said, oh, it's too quiet in the car. Let's play some music. So he took a CD and he put it into the CD player. And he, he pressed play. As soon as he started playing, he started playing preaching messages. So he looked at the owner of the car and he said, what is this? Then the, the owner said, oh, it's preaching from, from my church. So he asked, ah, I thought we were all partying. Then the owner of the car said, no, 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 no. I'm securing myself just in case Jesus comes now. I want to be ready. Sometimes you are moving with people and you think we are all doing the same thing, but some of them have secured themselves. I said some of them have secured themselves. You may think everybody is fooling around. You may think everybody is sleeping around, but some are securing themselves. There are always two groups of people. Two types of people. The driver told the rest of his friends, I am securing myself just in case Jesus comes tonight. I don't want to find myself in hell. In fact, the rest of the guys in the car had the shock. He was actually making a fool out of them. You may be surprised to find out that the person sitting next to you is making a fool out of you. Yeah. So today is a great opportunity for all of us to secure ourselves. Number two, rebellious youth turn away from God. The younger son gathered all together, verse 13, and took his journey to a far country. Many people turn away from God in their youth. When people are young, one of the tendencies is to turn away from God because they are young. You will realize that it's the younger son who took everything he had and went away. There's a type of foolishness that comes with being young. And we are all young, including myself. Do you get it? Including myself. I mean, we are all young. Especially me. And I'm saying that there's a type of foolishness that is bound to the heart of the child. The Bible says, foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. Proverbs 22, 15. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. If you are a child and you are not corrected whilst you are young, and you don't accept to be corrected whilst you are young, your foolishness will grow with you because you are born with it. Amen. One day, I saw a little child, maybe one year, one, one point something, do you get years old? He was playing with another child who's about three years old. And this one point something year old child had two teeth, two up, two down. As he was playing with this older child, I think they were playing on the swing or something. Then, I don't know what the older child did. Then he decided to bite the older child, I, I was standing looking at them. This guy with two up, two down, like a snake, wanted to bite. You know the snake, God removed all his teeth and left only two front, two back. Yeah. So he decided to bite this guy. And as I was standing, I was thinking that, do you know how many teeth this other child has? 
Do, 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 have you thought about it? That this child that you are biting, this other child that you are using just your four to bite, you have just two up, two down, so you feel so powerful. You are using it to bite him. Have you thought of it? That he, he has teeth all over here. He doesn't have to bite you. He, ha- he can just chew you up, chew you up. Because he has, in, he has teeth for days. Yeah, he has, teeth. he has teeth that can grind bones. You, your teeth can't chew bones. But you are using this, your small teeth to bite it. So I look at this guy and say, oh, how foolish. How, he, and he's, feeling, he's feeling so powerful. So I look at you and say, then I remember the scripture that foolishness, we are born with it. Do you get it? We are, it's, not, it's not like a mistake we made. We are born with it. Do you see? So the Bible says, foolishness is bound. The word bound means it's tied to the heart of a child. The only way it can go away is when the child is constantly corrected. Constantly corrected. Each time you are corrected, a bit of the foolishness is chipped away. In each time there is being. If you are not corrected, as you grow, the foolishness also grows and magnifies and becomes greater. So as your body grows, so your foolishness also becomes when it's not chipped away. Because as you are eating, it's also eating. And then you grow with it. So you become an adult with grown-up foolishness. Yeah. So you will see it's the younger one who said, give me everything I have whilst you are alive. How can you even ask your father for your inheritance whilst he's alive? Even how can those words come out? That's why when parents write their wills, they don't show it to their children. Because you will be surprised your own child will kill you because of just one car that he thinks is a very nice car, but he doesn't know the problems that are with the car which you are managing and going every day. You just, I mean, I don't go home and tell my child, you see the car, the pistons are not working. The, no, I just say, sit down, let's go. I don't even tell them how much fuel costs. They think the fuel, the garage, they are my friends. When I get there, then they pour the fuel in it, then I, I drive off. I don't even tell them all these things. So it's a foolish child that will come and ask the parent, give me my, my inheritance right now whilst you are still alive. It means you become a poor man and I should become a rich man. Hallelujah. Number three, rebellious youth, rebellious youth forsake God. Forsake God and embark on self-destructive journeys. Verse 13 says, and, and not many days after, not many days after all, after the father had given him the, the property, he gathered everything together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his life on wild living. Rebellious children forsake God and embark on self-destructive journeys. It doesn't take long for a young child to start doing things that destroy them. It doesn't take long for a young lady to start doing things that will spoil them. I mean, small color you got and small breasts that you develop, now you are sleeping with everybody. I mean, it's like everybody should, should know that they are there. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
has had breasts for many years. You, you, just, you just found some yesterday. Do you get it? It's not like it has even, it's just a dot plus a little. So you see many beautiful girls sleeping their lives away until they get to a state where no man wants them anymore. I'm not talking about people who are living in Zimbabwe or people who are living in Kenya or China. I'm talking about here. Look at your aunties at home with three children, nobody to marry them. You are on your way there if correction doesn't come. If you don't heed to the word of God, you are on your way there. Because they also, at a certain point, were as beautiful as you are. Some of them were even more beautiful than you are. You see, let me give you an example. You see, I don't know whether even it's a good example. You see, when there's a colored, let's say, like, uh uh-huh, these two, wife, please, can you stand here for me? These two are husband and wife, okay? This one brings the inside light, and this one is load shedding. When you look at their child, you can see that the child has some color, but the color is lower. The color here is brighter than the color with the child. Do do you understand? I'm sure that child, if he also finds himself a black bimbo and marries, the color will, the children, as the children go, the color will be finishing till it becomes caramel. Do you get, it's no longer bright again. It will now become, I mean, like somebody who's just light-skinned. Do you, do you get, like a yellow bone, but not really yellow. I mean, it's coming towards brown. A combination of brown and mustard. And, even mustard is brighter, but you can see that it's going more towards brown till eventually it gets to almost black. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Thank you very much. That's how it is. You will be surprised. Some of your aunties, mothers, grandmothers were far more beautiful than we are. It's like it has been diluted and it's going down like and down. When you think you are the first of your kind to appear, you have just deceived yourself. There were not, so that's why sometimes our mothers look at us and we are so funny to look at us and say, this girl... Does she know (laughs) in my time? Does she know? Young men go around wasting their lives and destroying their lives and flashing their... It doesn't take long. By the time you realize, self-destructive things have come in. Drugs that you don't know the name. You don't even know the chemical composition of the drug. You have started taking them and you are becoming hooked on them. And you start to destroy yourself. This is what happened to the prodigal son. When he went into the far country, he had a lot of money. But it didn't take... I'm sure when he was leaving, he had good intentions. I'm going to go away from my father. I'm going to be my own boss. I'll start my family. I'll do the... But when he left, he got to the far country. It didn't take long before he started to live a wild life. A wild, a Bible calls it a riotous living. It means a life that is on a riot. Riot. Is, do, do you remember the looting? How, 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 how chaotic it was. 
That's how his life was. Very extremely wild and chaotic. It's later in this passage that the elder son reveals to us that he was into harlots. He was moving from girl to girl. Indian girls, Chinese girls, um, Imbali girls, UKZN girls, all types of girls. Zimbabwean girls, Lesotho girls, free state girls. Fear free state girls. They are not easy girls. I mean free. It's Limpopo there. Yes. When they see you, they say, in that, be afraid. Yeah. He was into wild life. And that is the type of life many of us are, 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 are leading right now as I speak. Because it comes with being young. It doesn't take long. Then you just step into that type of life. And it doesn't take much. Because in spite of everything, you, you yourself, you crave for that type of life. What keeps you in check is the word of God. So if you open the window a little, you jump into it. It's almost like you're at the edge of the cliff. You just jump into it. That's how can we wonder when people are in church and they leave church. Just in a short time, how degraded they can become and how, 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 how wild they become. We are so surprised. How, oh, he, she, just, she just stopped coming to church three months ago. She's pregnant already. You would even wonder, was she pregnant when she was in church already or what? Every day you'll be doing the calculation. Yeah. Oh, she just left church uh, just not so long ago. Oh, now she's into drugs. It's wild. When he left, it says not many days later he went. That, in that same sentence, he said he wasted his life with routers living. Not, me, not, not years, a few days later. He was just, that is a child. Number four, I'm going to ten. I'm almost at 40. People go as far from God as possible when they are filled with the spirit of rebellion. And he took his journey into a far country. Rebellious people go far away from God. They go so far from where God is. When people are into stubbornness, they try to go far away from God. Many of us have tried everything we can to be as far away from God as possible. To be as far away from the church as possible. To be as far away from the Bible as possible. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of stubbornness and rebellion. In fact, you are even surprised that you are in church this morning. Yeah, you are even surprised that you are actually in church. That you are in church. I mean, there are some of you, when your friends hear that you are in church, they are surprised. They are surprised. They are surprised. That you are in church. Look, one day, I was invited to church by my wife. She was my friend. We, were, we had just finished high school. And she invited me to church. When I got to church, I mean, it, had taken, it took me about four months to honor the invitation. So, <laughs> finally, I came. Now, when I came, when I got into the church... I was looking at, I was hoping to see angels and all these spirits moving in the church. But as I look in the church, I saw over there some, my one friend, I party with, if I was party with him last night. I saw him in the corner. So when I turned, I thought, no, it's not him. And he's short, so I thought, oh, maybe. So I move a little to see. And it was him. I said, you? Then I look in this other side, then I saw two guys. 
bad boys. I know them in the area. You, you, know, you know there are some bad boys. They are not your friends. But we know ourselves that we are the same. So, and we respect everybody's territory. <laughs> so, I saw two of them. I don't want to mention their names. But even their names will show you that they are bad. <laughs> Please, if you see me after church, ask me. I'll mention the name to you. Even the names they have tells you that they are bad boys. So, I saw two of them in this other side. The person you are thinking I saw is not the one. The one you think I saw is the one who was this way. The two are another type of two. Yeah, when I saw them, I said, you, these people come to church. I was so shocked. Some of you are like that. If your friends were to see a picture of the church and see you in the pictures in church, they will be shocked. They will be surprised. Why? Because when people are filled with the spirit of rebellion, they go far away from God. They don't want anything that reminds them of what they should be. What they should be. They don't want anything that point. They want where they will feel comfortable. Comfortable in their sins. Comfortable in their stubbornness. Comfortable in their rebellion. Comfortable in the things that they are doing. So anything that reminds them of the right thing to do, they want to go far away from it. And most especially God himself. Number five. Many people waste their lives. We learn from this story, this boy wasted his life and wasted his life on wild living. Many people waste their lives. Life is full of opportunities. Your youth is golden. Now that you are young, it's a golden stage of your life. Don't waste it. This guy, he wasted his youth. Oh, leave me. I remember a girl many years ago, 2004. She was writing matric or 2005. I think it's four. She was writing matric. I used to follow her up. I visit her, counsel her, advise her, study, work hard. And then at a the point, she started to become a little stubborn, which is normal. I've been a pastor for some time. I've seen all of you. I've seen people go and come. It's like they are doing well. Then once a while, you know, when, when a madman is cured, I don't think it's all the madness that goes away. Usually, it's just a few that are stuck in some corners. They are there. So, once a while, they come. They come. Then you straighten them. Then they sit down well. Do, 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 do you understand? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Once a while, it comes. It's not like it's there. It's not like that's what it is. But once a while, when you lose God, they come. So, I know. So when she started to manifest, for me it was normal. I wasn't even angry. I was just, it means I have to step up my shepherding game. I have to work harder. But do you know what her mother told me? Her mother told me, leave my daughter alone. Uh, she's young. Allow her to make her mistakes. That's what the mother said to me. Which, which was, and this girl was very bright, very doing well. She was just about, she was in grade 12. Very bright. Said, leave my daughter alone. Allow her to make her mistakes. So from, and she said it in front of her daughter. So as she said it, her daughter immediately grew wings. And started to become even more callous and more stubborn. So after some time, as a good pastor, I took the mother's advice and I stepped aside. The story doesn't end there. 
Fast forward, maybe about nine years later, I heard of a new place that had opened in a, an, a restaurant that had opened. And then uh, my wife said, oh, you have never taken me to this restaurant before. I said, oh, but they, they just opened. <laughs> Am I missing something? They just opened about a month ago. Say, yes, you have never, since you were born, you have never. I said, no problem. Yes, it's true. But out of perspective. And blown out of proportion. So I said, no problem. Tonight, I will fulfill this promise. So I took her to this place. Beautiful restaurant. We're sitting down, eating. As we were eating, a certain old lady came to serve us. So... I was there quietly. I said, oh, can, can, can I please take your drinks order, please? I said, oh, can I have this? So as I look at the person, it didn't, it didn't even occur to me because the person was a, a dally, box-looking lady. Then she looked at me again and said, pastor? Now, when she said pastor, I decided not to lift up my head because I go to, I mean, recently I walk into a bank. When I walk into the bank, the person said, are you a pastor? I said, yeah. So, there's something about you that look, makes you look like a pastor. Yeah, I mean, there's something. There's just something about you. Even when we went to the camp, the, when you went to show me the lady, as soon as the lady saw me, you know, she said, I, you, you must be a pastor. That's what she said. When she looked at me, it's not like I was wearing what I was wearing before. No, I mean, this is my normal life. Just, I was just dressed like you. So, something. So, when she said, I said, I won't lift up my head again. I'm done. It's one of those people who, so that you can give a big tip. So, I continued. So, Pastor Daniel, I said, hey, this one. It's not a pastor from somewhere. This one, she knows me. So, I lifted up my head. Then I look at her properly and say, oh, so how are you? Don't you remember me? I'm this, that, that. So, oh. And it's very somewhere when you meet your sheep, you don't remember them. So, I have to acknowledge that I couldn't remember her from Adam, from even the Garden of Eden. I couldn't remember her. I was wondering which of the animals in the Garden of Eden have I met today. I couldn't even know who this hippopotamus is. So I was just there. Then she reminded me. Guess who it was? So when she reminded me, they said, oh, I'm coming. Then she went away. Then my wife asked me, who is this one? Then I started to crack my brain. I said, do you remember that girl who the mother said, leave her to make her mistakes? That's the girl. That's the girl. And she went to bring all the other waitresses there. So oh, they want to take a picture with me. I said, oh, usually when I'm eating, I don't take pictures. So nobody looks nice when they are eating. But I said, okay, no problem. Then I, and then the, nine years later, she had become, her life had been wasted. Somebody was writing matric. All she could do was to go and work as a waitress, live on tips. And she had gained weight. I don't have any problem with gaining weight. Weight gain means you are living well. At least you are eating. That's what it means. But she had gained weight. You could see she had become. I mean, and, and, and if you add 9 to 18, it's just like 27. But she was looking like someone who is 38, 42. She had wasted her life. Wasted her life. When you are young, she took her mother's advice. She wasted her life. When you are young, you don't pay attention to God. This is the conclusion you will come to. Your life will be wasted. 
one way or another, opportunities will slip by. This girl could have gone to school. Perhaps she would have been a lawyer today. If I need a lawyer, I'll call her. Perhaps she would have been a dentist or even a doctor today. Do you know that my doctor is one of my church members? I knew her as a church member. And then she went through medical school and became a doctor. Yeah, my doctor today is my church member who has become a doctor. Not a doctor that I went to meet at Grace Hospital. My church member who has grown up to become a doctor. Yeah. That was the opportunity. Maybe this girl would have been that doctor. But today, it's like wasted life. Number six. May this not happen to you. I'm preaching all this so that it doesn't happen to you. Number six. Rebellious people, like everyone else, will encounter crisis and trouble. Bible says, verse 14, and there arose a when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. The way life is, crises come as we go on, and planned events come as we go on in life. It happens to everybody, just as it rains on everybody, and the sun shines on everybody. Trouble and crisis happen to everybody. And this guy, out of rebellion, when his crisis came, it spoiled his life. It spoiled his life. And life without Christ, when it gets into crisis, it is finished. I'm sure we have all had the effect of the coronavirus. Yeah. I used to have a full church. Then coronavirus came. Chop about half of the church or more. Yeah. But we are pressing on. I'm sure it affected some businesses. I'm sure it affected some businesses. I'm sure it affected some jobs. Even the looting that we had has affected many jobs. I know a guy who works at Macro since the crisis in this church. He would have been, he would have probably been the pastor the one who was sending, Jesus who was sending people to heaven or the angel or whatever he is, sending people to hell or heaven. He would have been the one standing here if he was around by now. But the looting made him unemployed. We are still believing God that Macro will come back for him to start working again. Somebody you know and somebody I know. Many people lost their jobs. That's why you should, should never repeat this act again in your life. You don't know the effect of And let me tell you that truth. This is not part of the message. We are all going to pay for the looting. You wait and see. All of us, whether you took something or you took nothing, we are all paying for it. You pay it in taxi fares. The government, they, even the 350 they are giving to us, they will collect it from us. They will collect it. We will pay. We will pay when we buy. They are collecting even already. When you buy bread, you pay one rand. When you buy food, um, this, you pay. You say, fuel has gone up, so we say, oh, but me, I don't buy fuel. No problem. But you take a taxi. You pay to the taxi driver. Then the taxi driver will pay to the fuel garage. Then the fuel garage will pay for to the people who sell the fuel. To the, it's good. The government will get all their money back. And who will they get it from? From you and I. Number seven. I'm almost at ten. Number seven. Rebellious people do not look to God for solutions in their problems. They look elsewhere. Bible says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to the field to feed swine. 
instead of his problems directing him to God, we start to look at other things for solutions. Oh, if I can drink my problems. You know, when I'm drunk, I don't remember my problems. But your problems don't go away because you are drunk. When you wake up, they'll be there waiting for you. They'll be there waiting for you. So, I'm trying to solve my problems with drinking. You get more problems from the drinking. Because whilst you are drunk, you possibly cause more problems. So by the time you were, if your problems were four, by the time you come out of their drunkenness, you have added a new, you have insulted your landlord, he wants to move you out of the house. So that's a new problem you have added to your problems. Or you have shouted at your mother or your auntie, and they want to drive you out of the house. Yeah. Drive you out of the, I, I, I know a wife, when she gets drunk, she beats everybody, including her husband. Yeah. When she's drunk, she, be, she operates like a mad cow. She beats everybody she can see. And we were children. So when we see that she's drunk, we all start hiding. And you see her sitting on top of her husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not like the husband cannot beat her, but she's so uncontrollable that, I mean, she will... She will by the time you read, the husband is done. He sits, she sits and beating, beating. Yeah, this lady was colored anyway. No, it's just a description. It's not like the reason is because. It's not the reason. It's a description. If I said she was tall, you won't, you won't say what you won't, you won't shout at me. But she was not that tall. Yeah. And she'll beat her husband. So when the thing goes off, when she's now sober, you come and see for days the husband will not be minding her. She'll be begging, crying, I won't do that. Then she'll come and call our parents to go and beg for her. Some of us take to, some of us take to just. I mean, if I can get this girl, then I'll be fine. I'll change this girl from this girl to this girl, from this girl to that girl. And you're jumping from girl to girl to girl to girl, and still you are empty. Yeah. Because it doesn't make you full. Because if it could make you full, you probably will be full by now. Oh, you missed a good place to clap your hands. You have been jumping from girl to girl for the last three years. How come you are not full? It doesn't make you full. Rather, you are just taking, even, even to look at the spiritual dangers involved, because anybody you have intercourse with, there's a spiritual exchange. If the person has a spirit of anger, they will deposit some in you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the family has, things don't work. They do everything, but things don't work. You go and dip your, your joystick in one. Then boom. You acquire a part of the spirit. So you do everything. But you see, last minute, just when it's going to work, then boom. It doesn't. So there's a certain man who's not allowing them to uh, accept my application. Boom. It's the spirit from there. You know, it's like if there's a virus and you go and put your USB in the computer. 
It will take a bit of it. It will take a bit of it. I knew a guy, he had a computer. Anytime he opens it, there will be a horse on it riding. The horse doesn't stop. The horse is, so one day I asked him, this your horse, doesn't it get tired? And when you turn on the computer, it can take about 15 minutes for the computer to come on. Yeah, and usually I'm afraid of those type of computers. Pastor Prison had a computer, that's what they used to bomb the World Trade Center. Yeah, if you see the computer, you'll be a, a laptop, you'll be afraid. Yeah, Toshiba. Open the laptop, you see, say, hey, this one, it can only be used for only one thing. <laughs> yeah. So you are busy dipping your, plugging your USB, everything, thinking that it will bring satisfaction. Still, you are not full. Some go into drinking. I drink this one. I've talked about drinking already. Well, some go into drugs. So let me smoke weed. Oh, I'll be high. When I'm high, I'll be higher than my problems. Yeah. So you see the person, the person is as high as a kite. Yeah. No, that's the right. It's not as high as a high school. Don't write it in an exam. You will fail. As high as a kite. Okay. The right thing is that one. High as a high school is different. It's different. Yeah, you see the person is high. I'll be higher than my problems. But you will see by the time you come down from your highness or from your throne, the problem is still waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> One day, we're driving somewhere around something and we saw a guy and we are all driving this way. He was walking on the freeway this way. So my wife asked me, what's happening to this guy? I said, well, if I tell you, you won't believe it. You know, usually my wife asks me a lot of questions. I always wonder why she asks. Because if I were to tell her the truth, she won't believe it. So I said, if I tell you, you won't believe it. So tell me. I said, this one, when he was smoking that, and we advised him, he said he was into herbs. Now the herbs have taken their full course. That's why he's walking in the, in the freeway. Every, and Joburg, nobody drives. You see, here when we drive, if you're a wild driver here, when you get to Joburg, you become afraid. Yeah, when you start driving in Joburg, you become afraid. One of the first things that you will encounter, as a, if you're a passenger, you won't see, but if you're a driver, you'll be afraid of the way they drive. Yeah. I mean, you are driving at 140. You can see the car that is coming in your mirror that is trying to go through you. You see it far away coming, and you feel, oh, maybe I'm driving very slow. So you check your speedometer, and you see that you are at 120, 140. So you wonder, when you look again, he's right behind you. And he's coming. It's not like he's slowing down. He's coming. And he's driving a big car. He's coming at you like that. Nobody will tell you. You will get out of the way. Yeah, and when you get out of the way, as though you say you are going to the slow lane, there's no slow lane. Everybody is in a hurry to go somewhere. Yeah. So you just have to join that. One of the easiest things that happen to you is you miss your off-ramp in Joburg because you are, driving, you are driving too fast to see your way around. That's, they put pressure on you. So can you imagine all these cars flying all over? The, and this guy has decided he's going to walk. He's facing the cars. The cars are coming. He's walking. And then he's walking. Hey! 
The only thing that can make him do that must be weed. Must be weed. When you are young, you look for solutions in other things instead of looking for solutions in God. Number, number nine. Young and rebellious youth, your problems are supposed to drive you to God instead of drive you to other. But this guy, he went to join himself to a citizen. He was looking for help in another man in the place. Oh, can you help me? Can you help me? That's what he was looking for help in things. But Bible said, curse is he who puts his trust in the arm of flesh. It means curse is anybody who trusts human beings instead of trusting God. Instead of trusting almighty God. Our problems, our challenges are supposed to redirect us to God. Today, I don't know what challenges you have. I don't know what problems you have. But it's supposed to redirect you to God. To God. To God. To God. I don't know how long you have your youth for. But this is the time to remember God. This is the time to remember God. This is the time. You can escape the foolish. Let me read the last one to you. And then I'll talk to you. My time is up. No one in this world can help you unless God. He says, and no man, verse 16, and no man gave unto him. Look, look. 15, 16 says, and no man, and he will fain have filled his belly with the hags that the swine did, and no man gave unto him. No man, no human being, be it your mother, your father, your uncle, the ANC, Sasa, no man can help you unless God himself helps you. No man. Oh, pastor, I'm going to get a grant. How far has the grant taken you? The grant is just to keep you around so that you are alive to suffer your problems even further. That's all. I mean, whose life has been changed by the grant? No, let's be serious. Who do you know who's, who is surviving on grant and their life has been changed dramatically by the grant? It just gets you by from month to survive from month to month. You want to die so that who, who, who continues with the problem that you have created? Stay alive so that you can suffer. Only God can help us. My brother, my sister, only God can solve the problem that you are in. It's only God that can give you a permanent solution. A solution that will, will last, that will bring peace to your heart. Only God. Only God. Sometimes even you have a problem. So if I get a job, a job, you get a job. You see, you've gotten the job. It has solved the food problem. But it doesn't solve the other, other problems. It doesn't solve the emotional problems. So if I can marry, I'll be fine. Then you marry, you see the marriage doesn't solve the problem. The husband that you have gone to marry, he is bringing a host, a new set of problems to come and add to the existing one. He will solve the loneliness problem because when you go home in the evening, he will be there. But after he has solved the loneliness problem, he brings a new problem. A new one. He's always shouting. Yeah. Where's my food? And he, he likes to insult people. Foolish girl. Your mother didn't train you well. Who, where did you learn this nonsense from? That's how he is. That's how he talks. Yeah. So you have escaped 
the loneliness problem. But you have gone to meet an abusive situation. Yeah. Only God can help us. Today, may we find a solution in God. Number 10. It's time to repent and turn to God. I don't know which group you belong to as you are here today. But today is your day to turn around and turn to God. You have tried other things. You have tried San Gomez. You have tried putting a bracelet on your, thing, on, on your wrist. You have tried putting something on your waist. You have gone from this place to that place. You have dabbled in all these kind of things. But I know people who have gone to see San Gomez to solve their problems. In the night, they have nightmares. Yeah, and they'll be shouting. Recently, I was playing golf. When I, we got a call, they said, oh, somebody is manifesting, shouting, and all these things, so we should come and pray for the person. I said, me, I, I'm not the person's pastor. I can't come and pray for such a one. When the person had the idea of going to the Sangoma, why didn't they think that I'm the pastor? I have power to pray for them to, to be free. I told the person I was playing, look, this is whole eight. I remember exactly where I was. I said, it's my time to chip. Give me a chance. And then I just chip. And I continued. I said, I'm not the person's pastor. And life, and I continued. I continued my life. I've not had a bad dream since. So I couldn't sleep. I feel guilty. I don't even feel 1% of guilt. Not even one. Because my question is, when you had the issue and you thought of going to consult a Sangoma, did you not realize that you had a pastor that you can consult? At that time, I was not your pastor. Why is it now when the demons are chasing you, you have remembered I'm your pastor? Be there and suffer. Be there and suffer. Now, right now, as we are sitting here, as you are looking at me, when you call me, I will not come. Yeah. Recognize that I'm your pastor today. And if the problem is there, bring it and let me lay hands and cast out that demon out of you. And then, but don't go and consult a Sangoma. And now when the demons are beating you, you remember that I exist. Remember now, Bible says, remember thy creator in the days of your youth. Don't wait till life has wasted itself. You have destroyed your life, everything. Then now you say, eh, plus, uh, where, is, where is the Pastor Daniels? <laughs> plus, I need the pastor, please, please come. Even my name is not Daniels. Don't start. Even, that's even a mistake. That's even the first mistake. You are calling the wrong pastor. Pastor Daniels is not me. Yeah. May we have time for God now that we are young. Now that put that scripture. Uh -huh. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil day cometh not. Nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. One of the, the, the frightening things about this scripture is that. When you are young and you don't remember God and you don't have time for God, you don't turn your eye to God, you don't, you don't give your life to Christ. As you grow, you become more hardened. Do you get it? Hardened, your heart becomes more stubborn. So there are two possibilities. Some just change and come and join God. 
because life beats them to obedience. Some also become so hardened that they don't want God anymore. They don't want God anymore. They don't say, if I've suffered all these things, then it's okay. There's no need. What's the point? I've suffered enough. What's the point? No need. But you, I, I can tell you today that there's a higher suffering coming after this earth. If you don't know Jesus. And these are not things that we say in the church to frighten you to give your life to Christ. It's actually to let you realize that you can escape it. I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. What, what, to, what, to what end? No. To get you, give you a chance to escape. Because there's a place coming. Revelation 15, the Bible, 2015, the Bible says, And the books were open. And other books were open. And whosoever's name was not found, they were called the book of life. And whosoever's name was not found written in that book was cast into the lake that burns with fire. Do you get There's no suffering that you suffer on this earth that can be compared to the suffering that is in this place. There's nothing. So, hey, my mother died when I was young. That is entry level. High primary school level. Oh, I didn't have this primary school because this one is a lake that burns with fire. It burns death. It burns everything. And it, it, the, the, the boring thing about this is that it burns you but you don't die. You are alive. To, you know, some pain, you know, on this earth, there are some types of pain. I'm sure the medical people will confirm. There are some types of pain that when you go through, you go into shock. So when you are in that shock, you stop feeling the pain. Do you get it? This place, you can't go into shock. You can't go out of your body. So it's like your body is burning, but you don't. You are alive through it. A man of God who once had an experience went to hell and came back. He said, when you are in hell, you are more alive than when you are on this earth. You are more alive when you are there than when you are on this earth. You think when you are on this earth, I can touch you, I can feel you. He said, when you go to hell, you are even more alive. Why did God make it so? So that you can feel the pain throughout. But today, God is giving us an escape. The Bible says, how then shall we escape? How then shall we escape? It says, how can we escape? How then shall we escape? So if we neglect so great a salvation. How then? He says, this is the way to escape. Don't neglect the opportunity to be saved. I'm going to make an altar call very soon. I'm going to give you a chance to give your life to Jesus. Even if that's the only reason why you came for this service, it's worth it for your life. I'm going to give you a chance to say, Jesus, come and be the Lord. Of, please put that scripture. How? Second Peter. Put, Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't want to go to this place. This place called the lake of fire. Help me to escape. Then the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which was at the first beginning. Which, 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 which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. And was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So as we are hearing, how can we escape? What do we need to do to escape? I can show you an escape. I can give you an escape plan. God doesn't want you to end up in hell. He wants you to end up in his kingdom. He wants you to end up in, in heaven. How can you escape? Bible says God sent his son Jesus. God loved us so much. He sent his son Jesus. 
to us that anyone who whosoever and whether he's rich, he's poor, whether he's a man or a woman, whatever he is, that if you will believe, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, if you will put your faith in Jesus and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe in you. I believe that you can save me. I believe you can give me everlasting life. I believe that you came to die for my sins so that my sins will be washed away you will be saved. In Acts it says, and anyone that shall call on the name of the Lord, in that great and terrible day, he shall be saved. Today I'm going to give you a chance to call on Jesus so that you and I can be saved. Wherever you are, stand to your feet. We want to pray for a second or two. We want to ask Jesus come into our hearts. Come into our lives. Nobody should go out. Just stand to your feet. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I want to pray. I want to pray with you before I take my seat. I want you to ask Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. You want to escape this judgment. You want to escape this place called this thing that our youth, the rebelliousness of our youth is taking us into. You want to escape. I want to give you that opportunity. Everybody close your eyes wherever you are. This is the most serious part of the service. Just humbly close your eyes wherever you are. I want to pray with you. You want to say, Pastor, I do not want to go to hell when I die. I do not want to go to hell when I die. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to this place. I don't want my youth to deceive me and take me to this place. Lift your right hand. I want to pray with you. If you are lifting your hand, lift it very high. High above your head. Don't take a chance today. Secure yourself. If you are hearing me today, secure yourself today. Secure yourself today. Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. You are here like that. Lift up your hand. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. You lifted up your hand. Come to me where I'm standing right now. With your hand lifted up. Come to me. Come to me. Come. Watch, watch, watch my hand calling you to come to me. Because one day you will answer for this call. One day you will answer for this call. Come to me. Come to me right now. Wherever you are standing, come. You lifted up your hand. You don't want to go to hell when you die. Come to me right now. Come to Jesus right now. Come to Jesus right now. Come to Jesus right now. You lifted up your hand. This is my final call to you. Come to Jesus. Because one day, one day you will stand before that throne and you will be sent to hell. You will be sent to hell. Listen to me, those of you over there. This is a special group. This is the first time I've made an altar call and the people have come and they have knelt down. I didn't ask them to do that. The first time. The first time. I've never seen something like that. I don't even know what to do. But I want to give you another opportunity. Maybe you are standing there and you think this is a joke. 
Ah, you think this is a joke. You think, oh, I got another chance. When I'm 40, I'll do it. When I'm 45, I'll do it. When I'm 25, I'm only 18. Let me enjoy my life. Let me do what I can do. But today may be your final call. Today may be your final call. Now everybody watch my finger carefully. Because one day you will answer for this finger. It will be shown to you that remember that guy who was wearing black and white and preaching in the church. He pointed his finger at you and he said, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come. Look, God is going to make it such that we will not, nobody will have an excuse to say, oh, nobody came for me. Nobody, no, I'm calling you today. So maybe you are here, you are in the congregation. As I've made this call, you wanted to come, but you, you don't want to look funny in front of your friends. Maybe even, sometimes even you have been in the church for some time, but you are not born again. You are not born again. And you have deceived yourself. That we will all go to heaven as a church. In heaven, there will be no lighthouse. I said, in heaven, there will be no lighthouse. There will be no, we will come to heaven one by one, one by one as individuals. Today, I'm giving you a, it's my final call to you. Pastor, please, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I don't even understand what it is, but I know escape from heaven. There's only one name given by which everybody can be saved. That's the name Jesus. I want to call on that name so that salvation will come to me. You are here like that. You want to join them. You want to join them. I want to give you this opportunity. Come. Come. This is the final call. This is the final call. Come and join them. Come and join them. Come and join them. So that your name will also be written in the book of life. Remember there was a day that somebody reached out to you and that day is today asking Jesus to come into your life. Okay? Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I accept, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus from today I am born again I will love you I will save you for the rest of my life thank you Jesus for dying to save me amen wow put your hands together for me. stand to your feet please. don't go anywhere just stand where you are just stand where you are father thank you for every single one of them. Thank you for the blood that you shed on Calvary's cross. Let it be a covering for each and every one of them. May none of them under the sound of my voice die and go to hell. Use them to your glory in the name of Jesus. See
seal them, Lord, with your mighty spirit. In the name of Jesus. May Satan not snatch any of them. Fill this broken heart with your mighty Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Let them be secured. your Holy Spirit guide them deliver them from the evil one in the name of Jesus let your spirit rest on this one in the mighty name of Jesus I put a seal of the Holy Ghost on you the good shepherd who's able to keep us from falling may he keep you in the name of Jesus may you be marked with the blood as a child of God in the name of Jesus 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 thank you O God thank you O God in Jesus mighty name and everybody said Amen why don't you celebrate Jesus You know, this is a celebration of Jesus. It's not a celebration of a church, not a celebration of a pastor. I mean, I have not done, if I could save, I would, I would go and stand at downtown Mapushani and be saving all the people there. It's Jesus who has done this work. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So we want to we shout to Jesus, like we did in the beginning. I want to shout Jesus, Jesus, Jesus to give him glory. Are you ready to do that? I said, are you ready to? All of us, including those two of you who are here. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Today, you are secured. Your name has been written in the book of life. You didn't let the foolishness of being young keep you away from God. Rather, you have remembered your creator in your youth. God will use each and every one of you mightily. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You see those two ladies over there? Just that way. They are going to go with you. Okay? They are going to give you a gift. They are going to take your details. And I'm going to give them a cold drink. Will, will they give them a cold drink? They're going to give you a cold drink. If you go, they don't give you a cold drink. Don't leave. I'll come there. So make sure they give you a cold drink. All right? Powerful. And they are going to explain what you have done to you. It's going to be short. You are not going to be there for the next nine hours. No. Ten minutes maximum you'll be done. Do you have anything like a handbag, a mobile phone, a child, anybody you have left over there? Or this is all of you? Wonderful. That's the bliss of being young. All of you goes at the same time. 
It's a blessing. Okay. So I want you to just go with them and then they'll give it to you and you will come back. Can you do that? Wonderful. Oh, appreciate them. Appreciate what the Lord has done. It's only God who can do this thing. No man can do this thing except God. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. Wow. Do you know this song? Call on his name. Jesus. Jesus. Shout out his name. Jesus. Call on his name. Jesus. Is that all? That is just a portion of the song. Jesus. Shout out his name. Jesus, shout out his name. Jesus, and he will come to uh-huh, something like that. Call out his name. Jesus, call out his name. Jesus, call out his name. Jesus, and he will come to you. Let's do it one more time. Shout out his Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everybody in this service. Thank you for the grace of God that brings salvation that has been opened to us. May you be glorified continually in our lives, in the church, in our our families, everywhere that we find ourselves. May Jesus be lifted up that he will draw all men unto himself. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Say your nicest, Amen. Wow, you may be seated. Wow. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.